if you look at Oklahoma's schedule, and I'm talking about almost since back in the very end of November, I mean, you talk about since the end of November, as tough a schedule as I've seen, and yet they're 13 and 7, they're receiving votes for being a top 25, um, and they're probably a win away from the number one team in the country, away from being right there on the bubble or being an NCAA tournament team. So this is a really good team and a really good matchup. That said, I, I do think it's probably good for both teams to step out of conference and you know play somebody that doesn't play them twice a year every year. No offense to Bruce Pearl, but everyone shoots a high percentage against us. We suck. <laughs> nice. I was wondering where you were going with that. You uh, going with the Bob Huggins quote we wore out this week. Well, here's the thing. This is what coaches do. I agree with some of what he says. Oklahoma's a good basketball team. They're tough. You know, on a given night, they've shown that they can they can fight and scrap and claw and stand toe-to-toe with some of the best just because of how good and the effort they put out defensively, um, right? But I just kind of the more I've looked at it, because I haven't seen Auburn play this year, but I'm starting to get the feeling that this is about as bad of a matchup as we could ask yeah, for. Yeah, because they are extremely athletic. They're good at all positions. They block shots. Toby tweeted out something today. 133. 163, oh, 163 block yeah. shots, which leads the country. OU has 36 as a, as a team overall this year. So, yeah, OU needs to play someone that – you know, they can play a tough, grinded-out type of basketball game that's going to be low-scoring, and Auburn is just super-duper athletic. It's, yeah. But it's not like OU's the only team that this would be a tough matchup for. That's They're right. the number one team for a reason. They, they got maybe the number one overall pick. Auburn's a tough matchup for pretty much everyone, but like really for really for OU. Seeing as they don't have any guys that could just you give it to them every possession, they can go score. Maybe you don't know the answer to this I probably do it would be a shock if you didn't but I don't think preseason or whenever the the schedule was announced that we were looking at the Auburn game and quaking in our boots about playing Auburn right they were preseason ranked 22 right so it was like oh okay that'll be a potentially a fun little matchup now you're like oh god it's the number one team (laughs) in the country right so um I don't know. I I'm cautiously optimistic. Really? Interesting. You think the pressure of being number one's gonna get to Auburn a little bit too much? They are a program that I could see, like, you know, they're walking around, chest puffed out a little bit because they're the new number one team in the country. It's not like <laughs> that program is accustomed to this type of spotlight. Yeah, I, I guess here's what I'm saying. Um, and I, like I said, I could be wrong. I don't know who all Auburn has played. I don't know what their strength of schedule looks like. But Oklahoma has – they've already played the number one team in the country this year, right? Wasn't Baylor number one when they played them? Uh, if not, they were number two. They're defending national right. champs. I think Baylor was number one. I think they were one yeah. when we played yeah, them the yeah, first I think time. They were. Um, you know, obviously we've played can- – like. This really Baylor was one. 
it's a big deal. You're going in to play the number one team in the country on the road. I, I'm not trying to downplay that, but what I'm saying is it's not like Oklahoma's going to be going in there and being like, oh, my God, it's Auburn. I can't believe we're playing the number one team. It's kind of the Big 12 right now. It's it's another game, really. I mean, right. o- OU, I, I know none of these teams are in the top 15 now, but OU, like at the time of where they were ranked, Florida, Arkansas, Iowa State were all top 15 teams when they beat them. Right. Yeah, they, they play Kansas. They played Baylor twice already. Sure, nothing is going to catch them by surprise. But with that being said, I think maybe Auburn has a piece or two that none of the teams they played up to this point have. Right. Yeah, and just the the overall athleticism. And I guess it's kind of, you know, one of the interesting things is the Big 12. Do you know who's officiating the game? That's kind of an off-the-wall what? question. No. Well, God, I don't pay attention to who officiate. when Officiating this game? Yeah, the reason no. I say is because. If I, was, I am a nerd if I know who's officiating the game tomorrow. Oh, really? I, what was the score to the OU Fresno State game in 2002? Uh, 52-24 is what I'll guess <laughs> off the top of my head. Okay. That so is I don't nerdy. Wanna, I don't that is hear nerdy. No, I'm not saying you. that that is not nerdy, but what I'm saying is, like, if I know the refs for tomorrow, that's king nerdy right there. Well, here's why I think it's important. Big 12 officiating crews have allowed the Big 12 conference to Beat the hell out of each other this season, right? They are letting these guys play. I don't know what it's been like in the SEC. If if the game is officiated like light, where they're whistling everything, it's going to be a bad day for OU. If they're letting them play, that I think levels the playing field for us somewhat. It was fifty two twenty eight, not fifty <laughs> or fifty two twenty eight, not fifty two twenty four. It was four points off. But, well, okay, you made your point, all right? Right. Fine. And made we, your point. I remember, because we were up, we gave up maybe two late touchdowns in that game. Yep. Oh, my God. You remember who played receiver for Woo. that Fresno team? Played in the NFL a little bit. Bernard Barian. Oh, really? For uh-huh. the Played for the Bears, didn't he? Uh, I don't remember who he played for in the NFL, but he did play for that Fresno team. Yeah. There's your useless stat of the day. Though. I remember – the. The only thing I remember about that game is how pissed off Mike Stoops and Brent Venables were on the sideline whenever we gave the. I think it was the twos and everything gave up two. Well, that's interesting. Late. Like seeing as how many times you saw them PO'd throughout your career, the fact that you remember specifically how mad they were that day is. I think it's pretty telling. You never play it again. Never. I never play you again. Great. Love it. All right, Big 12 SEC Challenge tomorrow. Let's tally this up. Who's going to win the thing? Uh, 11 a.m. ESPN2 in Fort Worth, Texas. Number 19 LSU at TCU. I'll take the Frogs. (laughs) Uh, I'll take TCU. Why are you laughing at that? Because there's really not a reason to take TCU. they're They're playing better basketball here as of late. Okay. I'll take TCU. Uh, Oklahoma at Auburn. Um... Are you going to wait to make the pick until you find out who the officials are tomorrow, or 
you going to go ahead and just pick the number one team to win? I'm picking Auburn. Okay, so am I. Uh, Lower scoring game, though, 69-62. Nice. 8-11 Missouri. Yeah, they're good. They're not good at anything nowadays. At number 23, Iowa State. I'll take the Cyclones at home. That's another one for the Big 12. ISU. Uh, West by God, Virginia at Arkansas. West Virginia is struggling right now. Uh, Has Arkansas got it back together? A little bit. I mean, a little bit, but they're beating up on like – uh, Ole Miss in South Carolina and A&M. They had a nice win at LSU. They're they're play, They're starting to play better. Is that four straight losses now for WVU? Four because I think it was three going into our game. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess reluctantly I'll take Arkansas. Okay. Uh, how about Baylor at Alabama? Baylor, the number four team game. in the country. I'll take Baylor. Yeah, same here. Uh, we're in lockstep so far. Kansas State at Ole Miss. Um, Give me Ole Miss because they're at home. No other reason. KSU. Ooh, you're going with the K-State upset. Oklahoma State at Florida. I'll go with the Gators in this one. Yeah, give me Florida. Don't know much about them. They've kind of fallen off too, right? Uh, yeah, they're yeah they're twelve and eight right now. Kentucky at Kansas. Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Give me KU, baby. KU big. Sixty-nine, yeah, sixty-nine, fifty-four. Mississippi State at Texas Tech at the USA in Lubbock. Give me the Texas Tech Red Raiders to win. Tech lower scoring game, sixty-nine, fifty-nine. Rick Barnes will be back in Austin tomorrow. The eighteenth ranked Vols at the Texas Longhorns. Give me the Vols, baby. Rick Barnes going to come in uh, guns blazing. Real cute uh, picking or lining this game up uh, by the. By the powers that be. Give me Texas. Golly. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, no, you got one, two, three, four, five. You got the Big 12 winning seven to three. And I have one, two, three, four. Oh, God. I have a five to five split. How lame is that? Oh, shocker. Oh, God. That's so lame. Shocker. I hate it. I, but in uh, my uh, defense, I, the Texas uh, Tennessee game will be close 69 68, Texas. You're unbelievable. And you know what? If every game ends up with a 69 final <laughs> score, I'm going <laughs> to. Typically, the road conference supplies the refs in non conference matchups since you're so worried about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, text line 651 3439. <laughs> Thank you to the text line for providing us the stuff that we should know. Yeah. Everyone is still so interested in where Caleb Williams will land. I can't say I wanted him to leave. But he did lose both tough games we had. Deer in the headlights and holding on to the ball was a huge issue. Do you guys see that getting better with a new team? I th- I see it getting better with more experience. At Wisconsin, we'll have a better offensive line. I'll say that. Now, here's the thing. He didn't lose the, the last two games or whatever. That That goes on the team, okay? Just like he didn't win... The games before. Now, he didn't play well. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not pinning all of that on one player. Just like I'm not crediting him for, uh, you know, doing everything to give us those wins. Although Tyler would like to credit him for the Kansas game. Yes, I would. Heisman moment. Uh Uh-huh. I'll never forget that 11 a.m. afternoon in Lawrence, Kansas. Thank you, (laughs) Caleb Williams. God, look, coach. 
See him strip that guy? That's a Heisman moment against Kansas. It is going to be funny when he's playing for Wisconsin next year and we're all watching Wisconsin games, and they're going to show that play in the highlight reel. You know, Caleb Williams, new quarterback for Wisconsin at Oklahoma last year, and they're going to show the deep balls to Mims, the long run for a touchdown against Texas, and the play against Kansas. That'll be (laughs) consistently on the highlight reel next year, and it's going to annoy the you-know-what out of OU fans next year. I'm okay. I'm okay if they play if they show the OU Kansas highlight. I'm fine with it. But the score of the game, like the score, like the little tracker that's always on the screen, has to be on the screen, or I won't allow it. Okay. Wife just asked, "Does everyone always get 69 points?" LOL. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Oh man, we should have some type of giveaway if OU wins a uh, a game with that. I've got. So many Buffalo Wild, we've got so many Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards to give away. Ah, I, maybe that's it. That's it. There we go. Everyone gets. Rennie says a Heisman moment against Kansas is an oxymoron. It's Kansas. Thank you. That's the text of the year. Sooners eighty four, Auburn eighty one. If Tanner doesn't get double teamed one on one, he can hold his own. Eighty four, eighty one. I don't know, man. Can can we put up 84 or 81? Sure, if they're going to play a doubleheader, I think. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't scored 80 points since we played Arkansas. Yeah, and they shot the lights out that day from three-point range in Tulsa. That was awesome. Yeah. Feels like that's the best they've shot it all year long. Actually... That game, and like, there's only a handful. We've only scored UTSA, we scored 96. Um, Indiana State, we scored 87. And then the Arkansas game, we scored 88. That's the only time this year we've been over 80 points. We ain't scoring over 80 against Auburn. If we're going to beat them, it needs to be, it needs to be a low-scoring grinder. Hey, let's give away two $15 gift card to Buffalo Wild Wings. What do you want the – I'm just going to give it away on the text line. What, what, what keyword phrase do you want people to text in to win the gift card? Uh, should I tell them to text in their favorite number? No. Um, what do you think? I, no, I just asked you. I asked you one thing. Come on. If you want it to be favorite number, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's too childish. I can't do that. The um, oh, too childish, really. Yeah, we're well, worried about that now. Here's the problem: if I request uh, to text in that number, management could get upset with me. Management is, hasn't said a word about you the past two weeks, saying it every chance that you've gotten. Well, it is just a number. It is a sponsor, though. <laughs> right. Everyone's already texting in six. You even asked for it. Everyone's already texting in six. Okay, well, that's perfect then. That's oh, someone texted in 11. That's so lame. Oh, yeah. Ele- give it to the first 69 and the first 11. All right, that's whatever. Awesome. Well, just text in whatever you want. I'm going to be giving away two <laughs> Wild Wings. God, what a disaster. Two gift cards this break. I'll text you if you win. You're unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on.
Chapels. Oh, no. Excuse me. The rush rolls on here. We are in studio, and I lied, Teddy. I lied. About uh, what? I uh, said I was going to give away two Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards. I ended up giving away three Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards. Uh, congratulations to Zane in Tulsa. Congratulations to Tracy. Tracy got me because uh, maybe she knows my humor, but she threw out a Tommy want wingy uh, <laughs> quote from Tommy Boy, and I was like, all right, yeah, Tracy wins one. <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then I, so I was like, okay, there's there's the two right there. Zane and Tulsa, Tracy, and then someone said um, 8.0466. I believe that's the square root of 69 or close. I was like, okay, I got to <laughs> nice. reward that. So, all right. Nicely done. Nicely Mark done. Mark and Stillwater wins the uh, third one. I need to write that number down. That's my new, uh, from a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> what do you give it? <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> All right, on to serious things, hopefully. OU's got a big junior day coming up. Uh, a lot of high-profile players coming into town or already in town. What do you like? What's Brent Venable's overall recruiting pitch right now? I'm sure he's selling both what he's done in the past and what the future looks like, but I think you get what I mean here. Like, What's the overall recruiting pitch to Brent Venables to these kids sound like? I think – I think the overall recruiting pitch is essentially what you heard in his introduction. It's it's the holistic approach. It's it's the development of these players not just on the field. It's not transactional. He is and we've seen it with all the resources that they're pumping into the program. It's not just a talking point. The de- development of these players off the field is just as important as on the field. Um, the full-on support academically, um, spiritually, whatever it, it is, it's going to be there. And I think that's going to be big. And it's going to be – it may not just be the greatest thing the players have ever heard because – if you're a player, you're a high school kid, it's like it's the bells and the whistles, right? Show me where I'm going to sleep, where I'm going to eat, where I'm going to lift weights, where I'm going to meet. Show me the hardware. Show me the the uniform. Like That's the type of stuff that the kids are, are really enamored with. But the parents who obviously have a huge voice in, in a huge influence with these kids are going to love the development aspect yeah. and what all's happening there. Not just uh, you know with the football, the the off the field stuff is going to be huge for them as well. So it's still what we can do for you, but not necessarily nil driven or social media presence or anything like that. It's what we can do for you, but it's what we can do for you in terms of developing you as a player. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah, because it seemed like before it was all about the flash and the flare and like, hey, we can boost your profile like this. And I, I feel like it's probably a little bit different message to the recruits. And I, I was joking about uh, joking with it with Parker earlier, saying, yeah, I don't feel like there's going to be a whole lot of you know eighty thousand dollar cars lined up in the end zone anymore right. on recruiting visits. Where can you buy a Lamborghini or Ferrari for eighty thousand oh, dollars? I probably more than that then. Yeah. Now, 
I yeah, I don't I don't know. I I don't know what what they're going to do on like their big summer event or if they have a big summer event. I I don't know how all that's going to go down and um you know, I, I, I honestly don't know that end of it. I think their recruiting push isn't going to be as much of, um, like you're saying, flash and social media and, and some of those things. It's going to be more, just like you've heard them, it's going to be more about developing relationships. It's going to be how many times can we get in front of these players that we're recruiting? Like face to face, you know, trying to to make an influence on 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 these kids in a positive manner. I think that's going to be their big their big push. They're going to be, in in my opinion, more focused on like something that is real and a value, and not so much uh, flash. Which l- let me say this to be fair, I think Lincoln Riley. They kind of had to make do with what they had, right? You know, Venables has made a huge push, and it's probably a big reason why he accepted the job because he had some big requests. And I, instead of having a, a smaller staff and more flash, there's going to be less flash and more staff, meaning like the stuff that they're going to have is going to be real. You know, does that make sense? Sure. I also think that this is where BV is great in recruiting. Um, I, I think that if if he can get face to face with a family or with a kid, because one thing I've really noticed about him, there's no real off switch with this guy. Right. It's like he wakes up and he's in the same mood all day long, which is there's a lot of high energy, and it just kind of oozes out of him. Like it, there, there's a real genuine excitement for being the head coach right now. And I think I feel like that probably resonates very well when he's talking one on one to a family or a kid. Like you can tell that it's not fake; it's genuine. He's passionate. He's got an idea. He's got plans of where this program is going to go. And it's probably hard not to fall into. Oh my God, I want to come play for this guy. He is like all about doing whatever it takes to win. Well, but honestly, and you're right. You said that he's he's always on. He's never. The switch is never off. And the reason there isn't a switch that goes on and off is because he's sincere. He doesn't have to turn it on and off, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's why it comes across so good is because whenever he says that he wants the best for these players and he wants to create an environment where they can thrive, not just on the field, but holistically – that is not a talking point. That's that's the basis of how he's going to build the program. So there is no on-off switch. That's he's he's going to live that, and he's gonna he's going to be spewing it every single day. The most recent commit, Jackson Arnold, four-star quarterback. He'll be in. So maybe that can even help OU's recruiting efforts this weekend even more. If you have a quarterback oh, yeah. that's already committed, that's kind of in the building and going around things. Uh, Derek LeBlanc, four-star defensive end out of the state of Florida, will be here. Good player. Logan Reichert, a highly rated offensive lineman out of Kansas City, will be here. Ashton Cozart, a four-star wide receiver, will be here from the state of Texas. I I guess the 24-7 guys were saying that he was set to commit on the day that Muleshoe (laughs) left for USC – 
but obviously he didn't. So there's feelings that he could commit this weekend, along with Eric McCarty, the kid out of McAllister. So I set the over-under at one-and-a-half lock emojis. I'm, I'm going with the over this weekend. And these are – 23 kids. All They're, 23 yeah, kids, It's like right? a junior day type right. of thing, yeah. I just I didn't know if, since the we haven't fully wrapped up the 22 class, if there's going to be any 22 kids that they're trying to get a last opportunity with. But all 23 kids, and that's a good thing. Because there was one point, Oklahoma was the number one 23 class, right? And yes, but Malachi Nelson is gone. Some other, <laughs> other of those pieces are gone. So, But there's, there's still... They're still trending to have a, a pretty good 23 class. Now, did uh, Malachi, did he commit to USC? Uh, yeah, he did. Oh, um, uh, yeah, USC's number six on the list. Uh, they've got three five-star commits. I'm guessing that's all the former OU guys that were used to be on, on Oklahoma's here's, list. Here's an interesting question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Do you know when Bob retired, was there an effort to go after Brent Venables or was it just handed over to TBOW? I feel like it was just given to Muleshoe, right? And there was no thought of Venables or have you heard anything different? I, I honestly, I have no idea. It seems like, at least from everything I've heard, and I guess I've never really even pursued that, that it was uh, – that was directly to Lincoln. And I don't think I don't think anyone had enough like prior knowledge of it to and, and maybe they did have some knowledge of it and and floated some phone calls out there just to make sure, do some due diligence. But as far as I know, it was I think it was just straight over to Lincoln. But I don't know. Well, I some have even told me before, and I've never been able to like independently confirm it or not. I, I do trust who's who's told me this one person in particular that um, he he knew that he was getting the job even before Bob retired. Right. Yeah, yeah, we've heard that quite a bit, and you know, I can't I can't shoot the theory down. Um. And good point by Sean, like the timeline, it happened in June. That's pretty late to just yeah, try to go out there and, no and snag somebody else. No, it, it it seemed to be like that was that was pretty much the plan in place. And uh, the powers that be maybe didn't know when that timeline was going to unfold, but they kind of already had their, their plan in place. Yeah, and maybe this was just the right time for him to leave Clemson because what, what was that? Bob left after the 16th season. Clemson right. had just won that first national championship with Dabo. Like, they had it rolling, and they were probably like, oh, my God, what's what's about to come is even going to be better. They win another national championship two years later. Like, you, you leave for a job like Oklahoma, sure. But maybe the negotiations, uh, prying Brent out of Clemson may have been a little bit tougher, seeing as they were coming off a of natty. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't and, know. And I think that's whenever they first snapped him off with a huge contract to be yeah. uh, the highest paid assistant in college football. Text line says, BV is real and comes across as a real person. He's not phony. He practiced what he preaches. He is a man and going to help mold these kids into men and help them be the best they can be. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yep. Yeah, you don't really <laughs> – this is one hire where you don't have to worry about, you know, the actions behind closed doors or the actions of your head coach. Right. You know, I there probably was a point, a lot of points, where LSU fans were like, 
All right. Uh, Coach O, what's, what's going on? Like, is he, is he being the best citizen that he can be? He just won a national championship. Like, regardless of the amount of success that Brent Vittables has, he's going to kind of stay the same dude and, right. and go about things the right way. You don't have to worry about money or fame or success really changing that guy. Right. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I think he – I think you would have already seen a change – all the changes that you've seen from Venables from, I mean, as far back as you can really, really trace it, and he has changed, but all of the changes have been in the right direction, right? The changes seems to be always for the better. Right? It, it's always, always a change in a really, really good direction, so... No, I, I I totally agree with that. And and, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. Finish that thought. No, that's uh, that's it. I, and I think that he'll probably continue to. We'll probably see a change in in his demeanor, or you know, uh, however you want to phrase it. Now that he's going to be a head coach, there'll, there'll probably be a difference in the way he carries himself. So, I think the changes that you've seen from him, he he hasn't been the same guy forever. I mean, I guess he has been. At heart, but the changes, uh, he's progressed, and he I think he continues. I think he's already at least proven to me, too. You know, sometimes as a lifelong coordinator who's known to be a little animated on the sidelines, needing a get-back guy, it's like, oh, okay, well, is he going to be able to handle himself like a head coach in between the lines? And when we got to kind of be reintroduced to Brent Venables the second time around here, you know, as, right. two months ago, I got the vibe like, yeah, this this dude is ready to be a CEO of the program. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really he's really evolved in that way. And I don't know, man. I he he was surrounded by Bill Snyder, Bob Stoops, and Dabo Sweeney, which that's a positive in itself. I just don't think it's a coincidence that everywhere he's been, these programs have had like some of the best teams and some of the best years they've ever had in program history. No, there's no doubt. It's not a coincidence to me that everywhere he's been, they've been a huge success. And consistently, too. That actually is totally true. Kansas State has its best teams ever. Clemson's had its best teams ever. They did. Kansas State. Now, they've had some other flashes, and they've been a a good program since. Not like the 90s. But but not like – what was their best season? was probably 97, 8? Their best team was 98. They were a score away from playing for the national championship that year. Right. No, I, yeah, that's definitely true. He's been the common denominator there, and um, I think that's great. Now, here's the thing. We're all feeling great about it. We're all, you know, everything that we've seen, it all looks like it's going exactly how you would hope. But at the end of the day, I've always said this, our fans are smart, and, he, it, and he's not. I'm not trying to say that he is, but – you can't pull the wool over the uh, the eyes of, of OU fans. Yeah, you can't. So it all looks great. It all sounds great. Everyone, as far as I, I know, is 100% on board. But it's still got to equal wins, right, at the end of the day. No doubt. The program still has to win uh, at a very, very high level. There's, so there's, that's going to be the measuring stick. If, if, there has to, if it has to be this way, there will be a nice honeymoon period for him, though. Yeah. At least I think. There, it depends. There's, there's got to be, there's going to be some leeway there, but you have to be looking like you're improving and heading in the right direction and being able to, 
to not just have the feeling of improving, you got to be able to quantify it. You got to be able to look in yeah. certain areas and say whether it's recruiting or defensive statistics or whatever whatever you want to look at, there's got to be there's got to be a way to to gauge that we're moving in the right direction. I wasn't around when Switzer got promoted to head coach, but I'm trying to think of a, another time where OU fans were just so absolutely sure about a hire. Right. Like people were excited about Muleshoe, but they were still like, eh, I mean, he's pretty young. You know, there were still some ifs there. There's not a whole lot of ifs. I, I wonder if this is the most confident OU fans have ever been about a hire before. Well, uh, what was the confidence level when they brought in Stoops? I mean, it was it was high, but I mean, it was kind of an unknown. I mean, you didn't really yeah. know him. I mean, we you, we know Brent Venables. It, the the feeling was, it can't be worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the great thing about the the Switzer hire is we led the nation from that point on in all hells, right? <laughs> all hell is great. <laughs> all right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit a few things that caught my eye next. It is the rush on the ref, and we call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. I thought this was great. A man was pulled over. Um, I believe this was in uh, somewhere in, in Great Britain, in England somewhere. Um, he was pulled over, and it turns out he was 84 years old. They asked him for his license, proof of insurance. Didn't have one. Okay, not that big big of a deal. You just don't have it on you. No, no. I've never had a driver's license, and I've never had insurance. He's been driving for 72 years since he was 12 years old and has never had a driver's license and never had insurance. That's a hell of a streak. Golly, that's amazing. How much money do you think he saved by not uh, ever having uh, Regardless car of what the commercials want to tell me, he <laughs> saved about $250,000 throughout his life. <laughs> Maybe more than that. And uh, some uh, some stress uh, hanging out at the DMV all your life. Wow. How about that? Um, they finally got him. He didn't wreck or anything, but he was 84 years old, had trouble standing up, and couldn't hardly hear uh, when they pulled him over. But no. Nah. Yeah, no, I've never. I you reach a certain age where it's like, what are you going to do? I'm 84 years old. I don't have a driver's license. What are you going to do? You know. <laughs> well, you're 40, and I feel like you're about five years away from uh, having that mentality. I'm. I'm old. What can I do? I'm. What are you going to do to me? I'm dancing dangerously close I, to that. Seriously, uh, I agree with you. Hey, how about this? 
uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, maybe no more. Yeah, Aikman might be leaving for Amazon Prime. They uh, they're they're gonna make a serious push for talent. I mean, who has more money than them right now? Nobody. They, they can go and get whoever they want. That's why I'm I've been halfway joking about it. ESPN. Uh, they better not screw around and let this playoff go to the open market. Yep. Because Amazon has so much money sitting there, they'll and they're they're already everything. doing the NFL. By that time, they'll have some infrastructure in place. It may be, oh, what the hell? We'll buy the whole thing. How that, many billion is it going to cost me? Fine. That's where television money is at right now with live sports. That's where the money's at. Yep. You go get live sports, you're, you're in good business. Did, yep. Hey, by the way, does anyone – I know he's one of the main guys. Do people like Troy Aikman as a as a commentator? I feel like they're everyone's just like, eh, it's, yeah, it's Troy Aikman. It's fine. I like Troy. I like Troy Aikman. I like Joe Buck. I guess there's not really there's not really anyone that I don't like right now. Greasy. I guess other than that's what I was about to say. Other than maybe the most important broadcast in the NFL, the Monday Night Football broadcast, which they just absolutely cannot get right. Um, which I I don't it's I don't necessarily dislike it, but it's it's not good. It's it, not a good broadcast, I, I and it hasn't been good. for a long time. It's just too it's too it they take themselves too seriously. Yep. I think yep. there's there's got to be a fine line. You don't want it to be comedy hour where no one even knows anything or cares about uh, the game football. They tried that too and failed. Uh, you've got to have guys that. Uh, don't take themselves seriously. Know what they're looking at. Know what they're talking about, and actually sound like they're excited to be there. It's not that hard to thread the needle on that. You got anything? Yeah, I've got a couple. First off, uh, really bad news. It does not look like the Tiger King will be getting out of prison anytime mm. soon. A federal judge inside an OKC courtroom has resentenced Joe Exotic to 21 years in prison. So uh, hopefully Joe Exotic can uh, form an escape route at a prison or something. Hmm. Uh, interesting. That seems pretty. I I don't know. I'm not going to go on a defending uh, Joe Exotic rant. Last one I have: John Calipari, uh, Kentucky men's basketball yeah. coach, is getting ripped. What? Right now on social media, Chris Mack was the head coach at Louisville and got fired earlier this week. Midway through the season, Louisville fired Chris Mack. Here's what uh, Coach Cal said on the firing. Quotes, I feel bad for he and his family. Coaching is a hard profession. We're all 30 days away from bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Everyone in this profession. So I feel bad for him. But he thinks UofL athletics will be fine. He says coaches out there, every coach out there, even if they make two hundred grand a month, they're all 30 days away from being bankrupt. Uh, my goodness, I think you need to uh, change the way you live. I, I, he probably just misspoke and, and meant that we're 30 days away from not having any income, but yeah, that's... Misspoke or not, he's getting hammered for that one. And rightfully so. All right, come on. And listen, I don't want anyone losing their job, okay? I don't. But here's the thing, man. It's the, it's the, it's the profession that you've chosen. There's amazing rewards for doing really well. If you don't and things go bad, whether it's under your control or not under your control, people are going to move on. That's the reality of it. You and also know what you're getting into when that's you get right. the profession. And you can never, 
in 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 sports, professional sports or high level collegiate sports, get any any sympathy at all from any fan base whenever you start talking about uh, how awful it's going to be financially if if you lose your job whenever you make a couple million a year. Not gonna, not gonna go yeah. well. I, I don't, I don't base. feel bad for uh, Chris Mack. He'll, he'll be just okay financially, and he'll probably find another job if he wants. Well, one. hell, if he feels so bad, why doesn't he hire him? Right? <laughs> he there might. You go. Maybe Coach Cal will. You need an analyst. Thirty days. He Let's better go. do it in thirty days, or he's going to be bankrupt. No doubt. Get him on the payroll quickly. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facilities maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma and can help take the ease off of your staff by fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Call Cavens today, Norman Moore, OKC Metro Area, 405-573-3048. Toll, so you can call them, 918-282-7212. Uh, excuse me, seventy, yeah, seventy six twelve. You'll never guess who is at the OU football facility right now. You will never guess. Never. Yeah. Um. Head coach at another program. Give you a hint. Um. <laughs> Dana's up there right now. What's he doing? I don't no idea, but he just tweeted out a picture of he and Coach Stoops. Uh, interesting. I wonder if he is. Uh, it doesn't seem like a good time for that. That's usually done over the summer. I was going to say, um, you know, different staffs, usually every every off season, you'll kind of go meet with another staff and exchange ideas and kind of see what they're doing offensively, defensively, whatever. But that's not the season for that. Right now is, is heavy recruiting. Um, interesting. I don't know. I wonder if he's in the area to, to recruit. And, a little interesting, I don't know. isn't it? That is. Especially with uh, Houston coming to the Big 12. There, there, there's your sign that OU and Houston will not be playing in the Big 12 anytime soon. Dane is uh, hanging out in the halls of the OU football facility. That's I'm just kidding. They may not be linked. Uh, still waiting on the USC news to come out. Colin Cowherd tweeted out uh, hearing things with the peace sign USC emoji that they use. Well, hang on a second. How many times can he do that? He's done that like every other day for the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. So you're huh. saying uh, Colin Cowherd being wrong about something is a pretty regular thing? I'm not saying he's wrong. All he, I guess all he really did is say he's hearing things, but like it's the boy who cried wolf at this point. We've seen this over and over with him. All right, quick timeout, final hour of the rush coming up next.